Welcome to He Says, She Says, God Says. How's it going, Em? Hello. Good. The sun is shining. The sun is shining. At last. At last, absolutely. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how we feel loved. Right. Which is an interesting topic because I reckon most people would find it difficult to say, I feel loved when somebody does blah. I suppose you have to have an element of self-awareness to start with before you can even understand someone else. Mm, that's probably not something we really sit down and think about very often. But we, some people will know when they're not feeling loved but may not be able to articulate it. Isn't it funny that you probably go and only look for those answers once things start falling apart? Exactly, exactly. So in this episode, you interview Liz and Jeff and they talk about a book which helped them. Yes, they do. It's called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And he uses some scriptural references in there as well. And, you know, we did talk about how we wanted to make sure that we use Bible references in talking about how we support our marriages and relationships. And so it's a good tie-in to to that. Um, It's a really really fun interview. I really enjoyed listening to it after you recorded it. Oh, it was really fun actually interviewing them. They're very knowledgeable on this topic, so it was very informative. Hmm, good. So we'll put some links in the show notes to, to the actual book itself so you can go and have a look at that or read it on Audible or buy it on Amazon or whatever you want to do. So uh, let's get into the episode. Alrighty then. Liz and Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on He Says, She Says, God Says. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. So today we're going to talk about love languages and it's a concept that I actually didn't know about until we were sitting in your lounge room, I reckon about 12 years ago when we first moved back, we were hanging out in your lounge and you both talked about the book pretty passionately Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah I do remember that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. it was probably um, a few years before that that I first read the book. Okay. So did you go looking for the book or I went did looking someone for the book. I, I did it? go looking for the book. I yeah. um, had heard about the book and so I read the book while actually I was away on a holiday and then I remember ringing Jeff and saying, you've got to read this book. Okay. And Jeff, did you read the book? Well, that was, um, you know, that was a great thing to come home and, and to give a book to a guy that doesn't read a lot. And um, I could see the passion in her eyes to go, you really need to do this. So I, I curled up on the lounge for, um, I think it was about four hours straight one day and, and smashed it through. And the more I read it, um, the more I was intrigued to continue to read it. And um, I had quite a few aha moments oh. along the way. So, it so was... through that first read. Yeah. Okay. And I know that he's not a reader. And so when you first start reading it, you do get those aha moments right from the very start. And so it does engage you to keep reading it. Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah. Yeah. I found that when I read it as well. But I suppose before we start digging deep into how it went with your relationship and how it improved things or uh, what you identified with the book, we should actually go through what the book is. So the book is called The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. Now, Liz, tell me what each of those love languages are. Okay, so um, the five love languages are um, acts of service, 
words of affirmation, gifts, uh, physical touch and quality time. Okay, yes. And what's the general premise of the book? It's When I was reading it, I think it was a really good insight to human nature in general Mm. because everyone has these aspects in their life, like everyone has those qualities. But what the book teaches or shows you is that one of those particular languages would, would be more prominent in you as a person. So you read through and work out, it, it encourages to work out what you associate most with. Now, it could be acts of service, meaning that's often how you would show your the way you want to be treated is by doing acts of service. You would want to sh- see that shown back to make yourself feel like you're loved. Okay. So when you were reading it, did you realise that you were maybe both speaking different languages? Definitely. And you didn't realise? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And and I, I guess it, it even talks about that in the book that quite often opposites attract. So what you see in your partner is something that you don't have yourself. Mm. Um, and you like that in that person. Well, it makes you whole, doesn't it? it does. Because you don't have those attributes. So you look for yeah. someone that is going to work well with you, compliment you. Correct. And they call that kind of like the in love experience or the honeymoon experience that you will show a bit of everything when you first get together. And I was shocked to discover that that lasts for approximately two years, Correct. that euphoric love, mm. and then afterwards that sort of tapers off yeah. and mm. then it becomes, well, what does it become after that? Well, I think it, it becomes real life again. Um, mm. I think when, um, and certainly in our case, when I remember meeting Liz, often I would unknowingly do all of the things that the book spoke about. So I would I would want to spend time. Um, I would want to buy her gifts. Um, I would always say nice things in, in, in complimentary. Um, and, you know, holding hands, physical touch. And so, um, and even acts of service, doing different things um, that might please. And so um, as I, for me, as I read the book, I started to, I guess, reflect and recognise that certainly early days when we first got together, I found that I was doing all of these things. And then as you said, what happens after the honeymoon or, you know, a couple of the two-year period, um, life really jumps in, you know, the bills um, start coming. Oh, the bills. (laughs) That's so boring. And and, and (laughs) the work. work. Yeah. And all of these plans that you made uh, in your honeymoon period, you now have to try and fund them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So so you sort of find yourself busy. And so some of the things that start to taper off are the the random buying the bunch of flowers on the way home or the, you know, the long conversation over the phone where it's, no, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. No, you hang up first. It's pretty much, I've got to get back to work yeah. I'm hanging up straight away all so the love letters yeah the notes or the all the sorts of things you do when you're trying to attract and keep your partner when you're going out with them you know you want to you want to keep them so you, you're on your best behavior you are exactly and yeah. you, and that's what the the book talks about displaying all of those attributes because you're basically trying to capture that person yeah. and so one of those will speak to that other person 
person. Yes. So what did you discover once you read the book? Liz, what did you discover was your love language or your primary love primary language? Primary language, yeah. For me it was really simple. As soon as I read the chapter on acts of service, I knew that was my primary love language because I just knew that everything it talked about, the way I wanted Jeff to to respond to me and the way I wanted kids to respond to me and the way, you know, I knew that that was my love language. It wasn't hard to work out for myself. Sometimes it can be, like sometimes you have to really think about it and ask yourself different questions. And then for me it was, okay, so if that's me, then what's Jeff? Okay. So so did you identify immediately Jeff's love language or did you have to work hard or ask him the questions? Initially I thought there was three that were very, could have been Jeff because he can, um, he he would want all those things. So then you have to kind of narrow down which is the most important in that. And they actually talk about that in the book of how to narrow that down into what's important. So I kind of thought in my head what it might be, but I didn't want to tell him. I wanted him to read the book and tell me what he thought Okay. His primary love yeah. language was. And Jeff, when you read the book, could you identify for yourself what love language you were? Yeah, I. Um, y- you obviously can't make a judgment until you read about all five. Mm-hmm. And so once I'd done that, um, it was pretty clear that um, physical touch, but closely followed that was quality time. So those two things were things that were important to me. And, um, and I was able to recognise those by past experiences. So as I was reading the book, um, those aha moments when I was reading about quality time and I'd think about occasions that we'd spend a lot of time together and sort of realised the joy and the fulfilment that that gave me. And so I went, okay, that's kind of how I tick. Um, And you would have just automatically assumed that that was the way Liz ticked. Exactly, yeah. Because that that pleased you, that made you really happy. So surely, you know, surely. that's making Liz absolutely wrapped with you. Yes, it makes perfect sense, <laughs> but it's not It's not how it works. Yeah. No. Thankfully, everyone has their own love language. So one of the references that the book made was to to help you determine what that uh, how to find out the love language of the other person and so it referenced that people who um, w- would normally show what language they showed so in Liz's case there wasn't a time that went by where on a birthday or a special occasion I didn't get a card and a present mm. and Liz loves giving gifts yeah, and so loves receiving that gifts that is my second, second love language yeah. so first is acts of service yes. second is gifts yes. and for me doing the service of going and buying the gift mm. is, and, the thought, and the thought process and, yeah. and wrapping it and yes. that's all actually part of giving the gift is the service I feel like I'm putting into giving the gift yeah and isn't it funny as as a good friend of yours and we've known each other for a really long time I absolutely guess that as your second, your yep. second you love can, languages. When you know someone as really well, you can start to work out yes, how they tick what a little they bit. Are. Yeah, yeah. So, so Jeff, when you when you worked out and had that aha moment, 
Could you then identify what Liz was or did you have to have that discussion with Liz to find out what her love language was? We did have a a chat about it. Again, I had a fairly good idea, uh, again, based on um, what had happened in the past um, and just trying to identify the things that Liz did most commonly to, to either help me or to show love towards me or those actions. And so, yeah, so it was easy to work out. I confirmed with her, it was easy to work out the acts of service. Um, was something that she valued um, quite a lot. And so you weren't that off kilter after all? No, not, no. Well, history, you know, you look back over your past stories and you'll see, you know, what has happened in the past uh, and it's quite dominant. The book is strongly, really does reflect and shows you easily um, what you are by how you live your general life. It's like I guess the book just lines up with how we already are. Mm. Um, and so when it highlights, you can actually then just go, oh, yeah, you know, you know, we're just people that love spending time together and that's, and that's what's happened in the past. And, it's the, and I guess the, the other key is the, the absence of those other gifts. So, for instance, if you are a person who loves quality time, loves receiving gifts, how that makes you feel when that doesn't happen. Mm. And so there's the the reflection there to go, oh, wow, you know, that were some of the worst times where we would get busy. Um, And I think, interestingly, I find men, I I find myself, I'm I'm speaking for myself, when you get married and and suddenly there's a house and there's kids and, and getting up every day and going to work is your job. Yeah. And uh, and you make it your passion, you know, because you spend so much time at it. And so um, in a way, um, I sometimes would feel that I was doing that act of service by getting up and going to work and, and finding the money for the family and funding the things that we together had hoped and dreamed for and we were working together. And I found that that actually doesn't work that way. The book actually talks about that. There's a whole part of that that says that, you know, you can't use your acts of service as just your general life. It's actually to show the love language. You actually have to go out of your way and choose to do something out of the ordinary or out of, you know, going to work or looking after the children or those things. That's right. And actually, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, you have to, or you should, because it says you you don't have to do anything, but if you want to show that person that you love them, that's what you'll do. It talks mm. a lot about choice. It yes. talks about making the choice to mm. show those things to your partner that you may not be comfortable with. So another one that is probably fairly like I would have said your second now. Maybe it's, you know, things change as you, as you get do. older. They, they yeah. expand and contract, don't yeah. they? So words Depending of affirmation is, is a strong one for Jeff as well. And yeah. um, I had never grown up with strong words of affirmation, so that was something I found quite difficult to give words of affirmation. and he was, So did that make you feel uncomfortable inside? Yeah. Did it make you feel as if you were fake? Like what 
to start with, definitely. Okay. Like I, I really had to think about saying something that I knew he nice. wanted to she hear. really had to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just wasn't natural, you know, like yeah. it just didn't come from, it, was, it wasn't me. Like, word of affirmation for me would probably be at the end of my language list. Because yeah. it was not, not you, you always felt loved anyway. And then, you and knew yes, you were loved, yes, so I, you well, didn't need to And it to wasn't hear something it. from my background that mm. is strong. And he, he, the book talks about sometimes that as well, about where you came from in your family life growing up and what things become important to you. Yes. Um, so for Jeff, uh, words of affirmation was quite a strong point as well. So um, I did have to learn I did have to learn to give words of affirmation um, and it wasn't and it wasn't easy and it's still not sometimes I, I find myself thinking I have you know not that I have to yeah. but I want to and yes. I have to make a point of doing yeah. it. And at first did it feel genuine Jeff when Liz first started <laughs> saying it did or did is it something that really had to be practiced? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, no, it sounded totally fake to start with. Um, <laughs> she, would, she would come up with these <laughs> random things and I'd look at her and I'd go, no, that doesn't even make sense. Um, I'll try. Uh, but however, um, <laughs> so Liz would take the time to get out of her own love language, but think of mine and then show behaviours that supported that love language towards me. In reverse, there was one um, particular experience that I remember that uh, I was able to um, show Liz, and that was picking wildflowers on the side of the road on Aww. my way home from work. Yeah. And so although that may sound, um, you know, I mean, some of them I jumped the fence and stole from some <laughs> old ladies that I didn't know. Um, but to Liz, me presenting this, um, you know, haggled bunch of flowers. We didn't have a yeah. lot of money and it's not, it's yeah. actually not gifts, receiving the gifts is not about always yeah. the money. It's the thought. It's the thought yeah. process yeah. that goes behind it. Yeah. A couple of them weren't flowers, they were weeds. <laughs> uh, or noxious, nettles. Yeah, noxious weeds. But she loved it because it was a gift yeah. and it was uh, it showed that I had uh, been thinking about her on the way home, taking the time to jump out of the car and stop on a busy day on a tired end of shift um, just to do something that was uncomfortable yeah. for me but yeah. meant the world to her. And, um, and that when we started to realise that and when we started to understand that we had a language that needed to be spoken to. We had a, a tank inside of us that needed to be filled. Um, when we understood that, it was really a change in our marriage. Um, it, it really brought us back closer together. We'd gone through the honeymoon period. We were in life. We'd come across the book and I think we it was... We had a couple of kids. We, it yeah. might have been around the six to seven year mark that we were married at the time that we okay. had read and maybe learnt this. Um, it really changed uh, our marriage again and um, we were able to start to show each other um, our true care and our love by using the language that the other would receive. That's so awesome. So would you say that when you came across this book that you were probably both emotionally depleted in the love tank yeah, I, as I it think, refers to in the yeah, book? Yeah, I think we probably both were feeling yeah. that way and um, not that we didn't love each other. No, no, you've made we a choice. Did. Yeah. We've cho chosen to, you know, we loved our kids and we loved our life but 
you know, I when I read the book, I just thought, you know, there's a there is this is going to help um, to uh, understand each other. Really, Absolutely. that's what it that's yeah. what it comes down to: understanding how the other person ticks, yeah. because how you tick and they tick is compl- in our case total opposites. When you think about acts of service and you think about quality time, they're at the opposite ends of the spectrum in a sense. Where yeah. you know. I would just be about like uh, have a meal on the table for him when he gets home, um, have the kids, you know, ready to go when we're ready to go, get organised, do the shopping, do the work. And to me, that's me being a good wife, showing him I love him. But a lot of the time he would have preferred me to sit down and talk to him for 15 minutes. Oh, when you got home from work, yeah. you wanted yeah, that absolutely. chat. You absolutely. wanted a debrief. Yeah. Okay, so were you the babbling brook? Yes. Oh. <laughs> and I'm the... Mm. <laughs> I'm the one that's just doing stuff because I'm showing him that I care for him because I'm going to have that beautiful meal ready for him when he gets home. And you're busy. And I'm busy. I've got two kids. I've got this. I've got that. Whereas Jeff wants to sit down and have a lovely, lovely chat. Yeah, well, I've just finished a, you know, eight or ten hour shift and and I've worked for my family. You've done your acts of service. I've done my service. In your mind. In my mind. I've worked really hard. I'm putting putting money in the bank to Mm. to do these things. I come home and want to talk to my wife and I sit beside and she jumps out of the chair and goes off into the kitchen. <laughs> and so... And you're thinking you're doing the best job for Jeff mm-hmm. too. I'm going to get this meal to you straight away. Yeah. And me hard. not understanding. He's worked all day. All he wants is to sit down and have a nice hot meal. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I've had it, you know, like, where's she going? Yeah. I've been away all day. Yeah. Does Haven't she, you missed me? Doesn't she care you be for chatting me? to me? Yeah. Where is she going? Yeah. Telling to me make food? Your, yeah. What for? I want yeah. to talk to her. Yes. So it was a bit of a, yeah, and it was a, like a bit of a aha moment for both of us in a sense. And the way we kind of tried to get around that was obviously I couldn't sit there for half an hour always and talk with him because, you know, we, we, if we were due to go out to a meeting or whatever, yeah. we had, I had to, you know. Busy life, lives. Life so how on. did you resolve that? Well, now a lot of the time when Jeff gets home, if I am in the kitchen, he will pull up a chair ah. and sit at the counter. And chat. And chat. Mm, yeah. While she's preparing, preparing yeah. the food. Yeah. And funnily enough, that was something that we actually did when Very we were first on. married. Mm. We were both married but no children and whoever got home first would start preparing the meal. The meal and yes. the other one would come home and, and grab the Bible and we'd just read the Bible off the counter. And really? so as, yeah. as we were um, making the meal, we'd just be reading the Bible and just chatting in general. And So, so in general so, we were actually doing the quality time without knowing, without knowing what we were doing. So when kids came along and, of course, it Mm. got busy and your schedules got more chaotic, Mm. that then went by the wayside and therefore then you started to feel Jeff a bit more depleted and not heard maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And you would have, Liz, felt, oh, Jeff's at work and all I need him to do is pack the dishwasher or unpack Mm -hmm. the dishwasher. That kid over there is screaming its head off. Go and sort that out for me. Yeah, Yeah. because I had the kids all day and they get home, all they wanted was Jeff, you know, but, you know, like I would say, well, can you look after the kids while I make the dinner? But, of course, that wasn't Jeff wanted to spend time. Yes. You know, so you can easily see how just general life like that, not that you're trying to do the wrong thing to each other, Mm. but if you're not aware of how each other ticks, then it very easily becomes uh, unsupported to that person without knowing it. 
you start to raise the questions. Well, don't you love me anymore? Like, what what's going on? And yeah. and and you start to sort of think, what's going? You know, yeah, what's happening yeah. here? And you're so. going, what do you mean, what's going on? I make you dinner. I iron your yeah. shirts, and yeah. you know, I've got all this stuff. Of course, I love yeah. you. And you're oh, thinking, you know, I go to work, and you know, and. And you're at loggerheads with each other, but you can't quite work out work why. Out why. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So when you read the book, it actually puts everything into that little bit clearer perspective of why you're thinking the way you're thinking. Mm. And if you had had a bit of a disagreement over things and you'd looked back on those things, you'd go, oh, so that's why you felt that way. Yes. Because you could start to see how that other person might have thought about that situation. It explains in the book that that initial two-year love is a very selfish self. It makes you feel really good. And the other person feels good because they're in that love as well. And, of course, once once that sort of starts diminishing and you're starting to just feel that little bit disconnected. But, yeah, it's very um, self-aware to be able to put yourself into somebody else's shoes and try and speak their love language, isn't it? Yes, and I've found um, even just this little exercise of rereading the book, it, it, it's actually good to reread it every now and then yes. just to to jog your memory. Yes, you know it all, but it's good to read it and, and remember why you got that aha moment the first time. You know yes. you can get it again when you reread the book and you remember things that you know you may have forgotten or that have gone by the by the way through busy life again you know that you go okay I've got to remember you know to do those things. It's a reset isn't it? Yeah it's a reset yeah definitely. I mean we we kind of did a reset once a year that even when the kids came along we always made sure that we went away on our anniversary. Yes. Um, and I think for Jeff that was a a really good reset too because we Mm. went away as a married couple not with yeah, kids. you didn't take the kids. Didn't take yeah. the kids. We got the kids looked after. And sometimes it was just a night and a day, right? Just went away for the night and day. But it was good because we were able to just um, do that reconnect. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously once a year isn't enough. You need to be able to do that more often. But w- at least we were still trying to do that even before we read the book. We were doing that, you know. So does that mean that you were having date nights and things like that? along the way? Yeah, we would definitely, you know, obviously with young kids it's always a little bit trickier, but we would always try to, yes. Yeah. And it's interesting to just remember some of those things that we tried to do but didn't really understand how beneficial they were at the time. And so, again, when you read the book, it it made you um, realise that um, putting effort into those things, that reset, for instance, by going away, by spending time, for me was was really valuable, was really necessary. And, um, you know, it filled me up you know, and got me going again. And, um, and so there were a couple of uh, other things that um, I remember saying to Liz when we first got married, and that one of them was that we should always continue to do the things for each other that we did when we fell in love. 
And People that, forget that, don't they? Yeah, oh. and and that was to you know because I guess you know life can life can make you fall out of love because mm. it just gets busy. And yeah. so there was always a thought there to to do the date night and to to buy the random gift and to you know to say that positive words of affirmation to make a point of it that day. Um, and then by reading the book, it was like, wow, these things actually are important mm. to continually revisit and to continually get right. So. Mm. It's really selfless, isn't it? Like, as we said before, mm. but it's much like what Christ is for us. He was selfless. And within a marriage, you have to be the same. Well, we were talking about it, and you know, and Jeff sort of picked up it fairly quickly that when you read um, a lot of the scriptures, uh, Jesus showed a lot of these language, love languages Absolutely. to everybody, yes. you know. Um, he was about, you know, keying into that human nature and, and finding out how that person ticked. Mm. You know, he knew them from the inside out, as we know. And, you know, Jeff even went as far as to look at some stories that, you know, we could see, oh, that would have to be a acts of service you know, language that, that, that Jesus has shown. And so it, it's definitely, you know, in there. And Let, Let's share one of those. Yeah, um, yeah. One of the um, things that we, um, I remember again saying to each other when we first got married was that um, if we maybe focused on always trying to make sure the other person had what they needed. So if Liz would spend her time thinking about me and making sure what I had, and I would spend my time thinking about her and making sure she had what she needed, then we'd always be giving yes. to each other yeah. and no one would have to be taking from the relationship. Mm. So I'd always give to her and she'd always give to me. Uh, I remember saying that. And in Acts chapter 20, in verse um, 35, you know, Jesus himself referenced and said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And, you know, the, we know now that there's a joy in that. There's, a, there's, there's this wonderful principle um, in a world that tells us to, you know, take what you can grab and, and put yourself first and, and, and it's all about you and it's about your decisions. Um, it's not... Yeah, and your rights and yeah, what makes you happy. Yeah. Mm. Well, the Bible talks of another way that if you can give to each other, and and we just remember thinking about this point is always better to give, and so so that was a good one to remember. And the book emphasised that. And love languages is selfless. It is always about thinking about your married partner and what am I, what does she need in her life that I can do, and and vice versa. You know, Jesus also spoke. You know, about quality time, and. Um, there's a story about some disciples on the road and they were talking about Jesus and all the great things that had happened. And you might remember the story. And um, Jesus appeared to them as they were walking along. And, um, and then he vanished out of their sight. And the disciples said, as they remembered all the times that they'd spent with Jesus, they said to themselves, um, I think it's in Luke 24, verse 32, it says, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened uh, up the scriptures to us? And so they were rekindling or remembering the, the time that Jesus had spent with them and the stories that they had yeah. um, and how it filled them. And, and they used the phrase, how their hearts burnt within them, mm. you know. So, um, and for certainly a person that loves quality time, get, receiving that quality time, 
just fills that void or it fills that spot, fills that tank. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, that's only just two of the of the five examples that we could find. There's, we still have there three others. There were some others, yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, the thing with, I guess, giving to your partner, it's and it's not always has to be big gestures. No. Because um, people might think, oh, that sounds like it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. It's actually not, doesn't always have to be. Occasionally you can do something bigger, but it, it's really more of a daily, daily thing of little, those little things um, that you have to try and remember, yeah, you know, outside way. of your love language, yeah. but what your partner is. Yeah. So, you know, for me, acts of service, right? So, Jeff would, you know, in the mornings, make sure the kitchen's clean. Do you, Jeff? He has of late. So, yeah, yes, absolutely. He has of late. Um, it's a bit therapeutic. I don't I know what's going that on. I thought that got done at night. And You're right. It used to get done at night. And There's a view I, change. Mm, well, you see, <laughs> I, I would cook and I'll clean the kitchen, and yeah. uh, then sometimes I'd put them in the dishwasher before I go to bed. Other times I wouldn't. Yeah. But if I didn't, I notice now that Jeff every morning will do them. So when I get up, so you arrive in the kitchen and you see that that's done yeah. and that makes you think, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I usually try and remember to tell him when he gets home but he often beats me to the punch and he goes, did you notice I did the dishes? <laughs> <laughs> I need my gold star now. <laughs> I, wa- I waited for 3.2 seconds for my affirmation but it just didn't come. I was just going to so say, you didn't simulate. send a text, Liz? <laughs> A pigeon? Yeah. I do. I have occasionally sent him a text saying thank you for doing this or that. Yes. So it is just sometimes it's those little things, you know. those little things. Yeah. Um, They do add up. Again, you know, just another example. You know, Liz, you know, loves sleeping. Um, I get up early and um, and she loves breakfast in bed and a coffee. Quite frankly, I can think of nothing worse than crumbs in in my bed sheet. Um, But it works for her. And um, eating in the morning, not interested. But I'm more than happy to um, cook just something small, a bit of toast, get a coffee, uh, maybe a boiled egg, <clears throat> and be able to bring that in. Bring it in with a rose, I hope. Well, yeah, or absolutely. The, or the stinging yeah, nettle. Yeah. <laughs> Stolen from the garden next door. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's nothing to me. Um, it's not something I desire. It's not something I look for. It, it means nothing to me other than the fact that it means something to Liz. And so for that reason alone, um, we'll do things for each other that mean nothing to us, but we know they're so valuable to to each other and it it makes the other feel loved and that's what it's all about. It is, isn't it? That's because there's nothing more beautiful than actually feeling loved by your spouse. Mm. That is really, really special. And sadly in this world today, it's not as successful. Because I think they go to that in love section and they think that that in love section is going to last for their whole marriage. And, of course, we know by studies and experience that that in love experience only lasts for, on average, two years. So what comes after that? Mm. Well, it's it's what you have to. What comes after that is choice. Choice, that's right. And people choose not to put the effort in. Yeah, because they think that it's supposed to be that sparkly, that sparkly love. Euphoric. Yeah, and that does 
go away, but you can get that back if you start giving to mm. each other mm. and um, that's what people don't realise. They And therefore they go and look for the next best relationship that once again only lasts for That gives them another the in-love experience and then away yeah. that goes again. Yeah. yeah. I've got this... Um, this quote here somewhere on my piece of paper. Um, that's right. So, so continuous long-term love is actually an ability. Mm. It is intentional. It's a choice. It's a choice and it takes discipline and it's selfless. I, yes. I could never understand, you know, I mean my parents used to say, oh, well, you know, you've got to work at your marriage. Yes. I used to always wonder what what do I mean by work mm. at your marriage? Yeah, you know, how like, do you work? Do you I go work? to work for an income. I'm not gonna work for this marriage <laughs> business. What are, are you serious? But this is actually what it means. It yes. actually means um and mum and dad didn't know about this, you know, five love languages, but I think their generation was quite different. Uh, in the sense that when you did get married, it was for keeps. You yes. didn't think about you know, the separation or divorce that they do now, you don't, it was just you got married and you stay married. Uh, but now, you know, you look at the love, the love languages and it is about working at your relationship. It's not allowing things to just drift. Yes, exactly. At, until they get to a point of it can't be no return. returned, you know. Um, but, you know, it does even talk about that in the book. Can it come back after you know, a long length of time. If both couples, uh, both people want it to, it can. Mm. Um, and there's even a chapter about when one does and one doesn't. I really, I was reading that this yeah. afternoon and found that absolutely fascinating that if you just continually keep speaking that love language. Loving the unlovable. Loving the unlovable. Mm-hmm. I, I I found that really profound. Yes. Yeah, that's fascinating. So you can actually turn around a marriage that is ready for divorce. And um, I think it also talks in the chapter about obviously he he's being a Christian, he talks about, you know, you know, praying and talking to the Lord about it as well, but doing the practical things as well as the spiritual things um, is is the important part. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. And that goes hand in hand with our lives, having having um, spiritual and godly marriages. The spiritual side of it is really important with the practical as well. Yeah. And we're really we're really blessed to have that Bible and our brothers and sisters that go before us as well that we can share those things. But then we've also got other tools that we can refer to as well, like this like this book. Um, something that I also found interesting, we were at a young families camp a couple of weeks ago and Jed Pillen, who is a counsellor in our fellowship, he actually mentioned that adults bring their upbringing into their marriage. Yes. You agree with that? Totally agree with that. Yeah? Yes. And have you found examples of that within your own marriage where you've bought your upbringing and therefore had assumptions how each of you would or should behave? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I think when we've talked about uh, for Jeff, quality time is a is a high priority and probably words of affirmation. And it was probably something 
that you didn't get a lot of growing up, did you, mm. from your family? And yeah. and for me, acts of service, well, my mum probably did display lots of acts of service to me, so it made me feel loved yes. because she gave me all of those acts of service. And so maybe that's why I'm that way because I felt quite loved yes. from mum, even though mum was never um, very sentimental, mm. but she showed... She was a very practical woman. Very practical. Or is a very practical woman. Still practical. Yes. Um, But that is how she showed her whole family and it was quite evident that that was her love language was acts of service, whereas my dad was quite different. But um, I felt all of that from my family. So um, that was probably easier for me to to show it my love language. Um, but for Jeff, I suppose you had a little bit of a different upbringing, so... Yeah, um, similar. Um, we, we, I grew up on a farm. My parents were um, never wealthy. They did a lot of share farming. Um, and what I saw from my mum and dad was that they were always willing to give. And interestingly enough, it wasn't always to each other, but they, you know, if someone came... Um, and had a broken down vehicle, they were there to help them. If someone needed something, they would have it in the shed and and find something to help them out. And so, and that's interesting because I see a lot of that in you still. Mm, You're yeah. that guy. Yeah. Well, when again, when you start to read this book, it opens up the behaviours. In you, it shows you how how you do behave, um, and exactly right. I have that same desire. If there's, um, and I think even scripturally it says that um, if it lies within you to um, do good, to do it. So you know it's scriptural, which is great. So you can definitely bring into your marriage what you've grown up with. Good and um, bad. Yes. Good and bad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> good and bad. You know, like you get your good parts, but you also probably get some not so good parts. <laughs> but the wonderful thing is that um, this book allows you to just understand what they are and recognise what those are. In that case, I was, you know, I'm always a giver. So if my giving gets rejected, that's that doesn't sit as well as it, yes. it as it would with someone else. Yes. And so as you learn that about each other, you learn that it, it, you know, for instance, Liz would now learn. Well, look, I, I don't really want that done for me, but I know that Jeff. That's how he operates. He likes to give. So even though I, I don't want that cup of tea at time 5.15 in the morning, I'll happily receive it even if I haven't done my hair yet because that will help him get through his day and hopefully he'll leave uh, and get on with his job so I can go back to sleep. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, for what you what you said before about um, when you offer a service or you try and do something for someone and they don't, offer words of affirmation, that would affect Jeff quite strongly. Um, And, you know, when you communicate and you talk about these things and and you're open and honest with each other, which, I mean, what conversation um, in all of our lives doesn't come back to good communication? Exactly. 
you know, and so when you are, when you do sit down and, and you know, and, and we highly recommend people love their Bible and read their Bible, we also say, hey, have a look at this book as well and mm. read it. Um, it's, it's not the gospel. It's not, it's not a book that you can pin your life on it, but it is something that will guide you in some really positive ways. And it, and it runs, um, parallel with what the Bible says in, in many aspects. And so, um, you know, when you sit down and read it together and you, you know, you work out what you are, you know, whether your gifts or physical touch or affirmation or quality time, and you work out, um, the things that you like, and the things that you don't like, and then your, you know, your part, your husband, your wife now knows what things you, you know, like, what you don't like. Yes. Um, and then when you work together at doing those things, it lifts your relationship. And funnily enough, isn't that what we do when we first get together? Yes. Is we sit down. Yeah. And we talk about what we like, what we don't like. Exactly. We talk and you're about sharing about all those all of those things. things. And you're honest and you're telling your person the person that you want to be with the things that are important to you, the yes. things that make you feel good, the things that you know you don't. And that euphoric love that it talks about, it talks about you displaying all of the love language. It's like you push it's out like the a net, you're, like you're putting yes. out the net to catch the fish, right? So you're doing all of the things, you, you touch on all of you've them. you all things to all men. To try and capture that person, right? So because one of them or two of them are going to hit the mark. <laughs> but that's what everybody does when they first get together. But then it's only after that that everyone then goes back into their trait of what. Yeah, who they really who are. Who they really are. Mm. And that's when the things start to feel a little bit. Yeah. disconnected, I guess, yeah. when you don't understand what your other partner is. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for joining me tonight to discuss the Love Languages book. I think we've had an awesome chat about it and I'm sure that our listeners are going to run out and read the book or download the the podcast or however they can find out about this information because I really think that it's a powerful tool for relationships. Even if someone's having a great relationship, read it anyway. It's just a great tool. Thank you. Thank you for having us. What I really appreciate is... Liz and Jeff were just so honest about the yeah. uh, things they went through and how they went about solving them. And, of course, they identified that the Bible, of course, is their primary source of yeah. inspiration encouragement. and encouragement. But this book just helped them with those practical aspects. So thank you, Liz and Jeff, for sharing. Um, that was uh, really awesome. Uh, we will include in the show notes a link to the book itself, some scriptures that uh, Jeff and Liz talked about, and uh, so you can use that in your research. And uh, happy love languaging. Yeah, and feel free to drop us an email and discuss if you do purchase the book or read or listen to the audio book. Let us know about how that might have assisted you or because there'll be some absolute aha moments as you read the book. Yeah. And even if you've got comments or suggestions about other episodes that we've had so far, in fact, somebody approached us recently and said that they'd listened to one of the episodes and decided to 
as a couple have a date night, which they haven't had for a very, very long time. And it was, uh, it was really, it was really cool to hear about what they did for them. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing. So yeah, we'd love, to, we'd love to get to comments and, and emails and other things. So hit us up. Cool. Until next time, he says, she says, God, God says. says. So it's based on a book written by a guy by the name of Gary Coleman. Is that right? Looks right there. Oh, is it? <laughs> Chapman. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Get your facts right. Oh, by the way, God wrote the Bible. Oh, I actually didn't. <laughs> okay. Personally. He inspired everybody to write it. That's his words. Yeah. Okay. So Love Languages is a book written by a guy by the name of Gary Chapman. Yes. Let me do that again. So Love Languages is a, is a book. So Love Languages is a book written by Gary Chapman. Good. Now I can hold my coffee. You can't sleep, are they? Instead of my microphone. You can't clunk it on the table like that. Mm. All the rules. Rules. <laughs> okay. All the rules of your office. Okay. All right. How are you doing? I don't know. Don't even know why I'm here. He <laughs> <laughs> could be here for just for your good looks. But I doubt it. I'm sure you're here for more. Than that. God says.